The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Welcome to Talk is Jericho. It's the pot of thunder and rock and roll. And let's do it. The much anticipated, always appreciated, Duff McKagan joke of the week. Chris Jericho, Duff McKagan here. Uh, listen, I hope you're doing well and everybody out there is doing well. Uh, you know, of course. Uh, listen, you know why the um, scuba divers uh, only um, fall off backwards? Off the back of a boat, you know how they do that. Because if they fell forward, they'd still be in the boat. Thank you very much. Goodbye. <laughs> oh my gosh, is that even a joke? It's always Duff's delivery says it all. <laughs> Duff is the best. He sends out the jokes every week while on the road with Guns and Roses. They are doing dates until mid-October. Ticket info at GunsNRoses.com. And thanks to everyone who came out to see Fozzie in London last Friday. The biggest headlining show of our career at the O2 Forum in Kentishtown. Sold over a 1,000 tickets. And of course, thanks to everyone who came to Wembley for AEW All In. Sold over 81,000 tickets. I got to sing myself to the ring with Fozzie. I'm going to do a whole podcast about All In and London and Fozzie and everything that happened in my Rev Pro surprise appearance and the Will Ospreay match and all that stuff. That'll be next Wednesday. Many great stories about my experience of one of the biggest weekends of my career. Be sure to check that out. But today on the show, Ozzy Open is here. They just dropped the Ring of Honor tag team titles to MJF and Adam Cole at Wembley and All In. We recorded this just before that happened. But coming up, Mark Davis and Kyle Fletcher tell us how they started teaming together, what they made the move from Australia to the UK for wrestling, how they met and became friends with Will Ospreay, who let them live at his house during COVID. We talk about how all that led them to AEW. We talk about the Australian wrestling scene, and they tell the incredible story about the first time I ever met them. It might be the best opening story on Talk is Jericho ever. Let's just say uh, it didn't end up too well for uh, Kyle and Mark, but I'm not going to give anything else away. I'm just going to let you hear Ozzy open tell it right here, right now on Talk is Jericho. So um, here uh, with Ozzy Open, Kyle Fletcher and Mark Davis, and uh, I'm gonna just start right away for the first time we ever met, which is oh, great, let's do it. I knew this was coming. Yeah. Yeah. Our memories are different of it. So so obviously oh uh, you guys, uh, I've heard about your name for a while, sure. and obviously uh, wrestling in Japan and all that other stuff. 
And so we were on, on Fozzie, uh, Fozzie tour mm-hmm. in uh, Dublin. Dublin, yeah. Dublin. That's correct, yeah. So we happened to have a day off, and Will Ospreay was in town. And so we decided to meet up. And we met up, and he brought his friends, uh, Ozzy Open Eyes. <laughs> you guys were there doing a, a exactly, show or yeah. two or whatever. So kind of tell us what happened from your recollection. Because right. we went out to a bar that night. Yeah, yeah. Please, you Davis, you're going to tell this perfectly, I, I think. Feel like, yeah, I'll take the wheel on. <laughs> Please. <laughs> so it was still during before like the full COVID restrictions had eased in Dublin. So the setup was we were just sat at a table at a bar and they were just bringing us bottles and we were like free pouring ourselves so they were bringing us like grey goose and mixes and they were like just go wild on it but you weren't allowed to get up you couldn't like dance or mingle (laughs) and usually when I'm drunk I'm like all the way around so everybody Osprey was the first to drop off he uh he tapped out got a taxi home and then it closed down Kyle, <laughs> Kyle was second. They both puked. And uh, can I tell? Can I tell my bit of this story? Yeah, let me just interject one thing. Please, was there not some kind of a challenge made or some kind of a these guys wanted? So uh, Osprey's big thing was like he just kept being like, "We have to hang with Jericho. Yeah, like, we got we to gotta keep we gotta up with Jericho. He's the king of this. We got to we got to hang out with him." <laughs> And then Osprey was obviously the first yeah. to call it quits. And we're competitive blokes, you know. We're going to put in a good shot. <laughs> but anyway, so Osprey goes, and then I remember being like, "Oh, I gotta go." Yeah, yeah. I, I was not in a good way. Um, and then so they'd locked the front of the bar. So right. I was trying. So we were downstairs. I'd gone up the stairs, and I was like on the verge of throwing up and I was like, okay, I'm going to just run outside so I'm not throwing up in this bar. <laughs> the door was like dead bolted. It had one of those like, I yeah, don't like even know how to describe them, like, like a plank of wood on <laughs> with the, the door, hooks like To protect from like a siege. Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, please let me out. Please, you need to let me out right now. And they're like, I can't just come out the back. And I'm like, no, I need to go outside right now. And I just threw just, up all over yeah, the floor, happened. like right by the front door. And the funniest part of this was that the dude Instagram DM'd me the next day and he's like, the dude that was there cleaned up my vomit. He was like, hope you had a nice time. And I was like, oh man, I feel like such an asshole. Well, what I remember about that night too is we were, like you said, because I think actually they brought the COVID protocols back to Dublin like a week after we were there or something because it was uh, Christmas, around Christmas time yeah, of 2021. Before, yeah. 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 But I remember that... Um, like, it was just, like, another night out for me. I was like, okay, let's just have some drinks. And I wasn't trying to, like, here, have this shattered kneecap, half tequila, half, you know, whiskey. It was just another night in the town. And, and it was just like, you guys were just out of it. Not I was for like, us, wow. Bro. We just got a little bit excited. the biggest night of our lives. WrestleMania to us. <laughs> Will was saying the next day in the uh, at the venue, you guys weren't feeling great or whatever it was. Yeah, so. <laughs> this is the best part of the story. Yeah, so the setup and the deal was, like, we were supposed to do a training seminar the three of us together the next day for over the top wrestling in Dublin. So it was set for like 11 a.m. or 12 p.m. or something like that in the morning and then the show is that evening and it gets to like 8 (laughs) a.m. And I wake up and I'm like, I'm the only one who hasn't puked the night before. Like Kyle got it up, Will got it up and I was like, it's time. And so I like went to the bathroom and I yacked. I was like, all right, I'm feeling all right. (laughs) 
we good. I can get through this. And I try to wake up Kyle and he's like, no, nah, I'm not going. Just not happening. It's not happening. <laughs> and uh, I get downstairs. Osprey's there. He's fresh, man. He's perfect. He like has, nothing's ever yeah, happened. He's, he's ready to go. Yeah. He's got like water. He's got food. He's like, you want this? You want that? I'm like, I'm okay. We'll just get through this. And one of the one of the boys drove us from the hotel to the training school. And from like the moment I got in the car, I just couldn't stop vomiting. Like, <laughs> it was like 20 seconds down the road. He had to pull over. And it was just, it's just liquid at this point. Like it's just coming out and it's coming out. And I'm like, oh, it's okay. I'm so like determined to be a professional <laughs> and get through this training seminar. And it's like, it's okay. Like it'll be all right for like 20 minutes and then it'll come back up. But anyway... We're kind of getting through it, kind of getting through it. And at one point, Osprey makes me do this running spot, makes me do like a thing in the ring with like, so to demonstrate to people. And I was just done. Like <laughs> it was coming up. It was like, I could feel it in my diaphragm and I rolled out. Oh my gosh. And I start running. And the thing about this training school is that it's like a shared space. So it's this huge building. And out the front, there's like a market. There's like a deli. Inside, there's like a boxing school, and then there's like also a little girl's like dance academy. <laughs> and so the wrestling, the wrestling, ring, <laughs> the, <laughs> the wrestling ring is all the way at the back of this venue, and you have to run down this huge hallway to get to it. And I'm like, I'm burning down. There's like, I'm like covering my mouth, trying not to vomit. And as I'm near the end of the hallway, this group of just mums <laughs> and their daughters like step through and they completely like eclipse the hallway so i can't like get through and i'm i can't talk i can't say anything i'm covering my mouth and i just get to this group of people and my body just wretches man just wretches and i'm trying as hard as i can to hold it in and all this puke all this vomit just sprayed from my hands it went all over this one mom and she like screamed. <laughs> I couldn't even say sorry. I just sprinted away. I just ran to the bathroom and I just had to keep puking. For like the next <laughs> oh, that is one of the best all-time opening stories in the uh, thousand episodes plus of Talk is Jericho right there. Um, once again, just a, a great night uh, internationally, which is always cool to meet up with some brothers yeah. unexpectedly. How did you end up being so tight with Will because uh, uh, Osprey to where he was kind of introducing you and kind of saying these are my guys? Was it, did this stem from Japan? Is that where you met him or how did that all start? No, so both myself and Davis, we moved to the UK back in 2017 uh, just on our own. We decided that the UK was kind of like popping off on the independence um, and there was nothing really going on for us in Australia. So we both independently made the decision to move there. Um, and that was where we met Will for the first time. Obviously, he was like big on the UK independence then. Um, so we'd see him at shows. I think we wrestled him a couple of times. Um, but it wasn't actually till both myself and Davis during COVID moved back to Australia. And Australia was very strict on all their very, lockdown yeah. laws. Like it was so hard. You had to get approval to even leave the country, God, yeah. like from the government and everything. So it was crazy. Um, and we were really just a bit bummed. And we were like, trying to get back out, trying to figure out the best way to do it. And Osprey literally offered up his house. He was literally like, I have two spare rooms. If you guys want, you can come and live with me for as long as you want it, as long as it takes to get back on your feet, back out into the wrestling world or whatever. And then we took him up on that. And that was when we got really close, I think, um, living at his. We ended up living there for just over a year. And yeah, we're just hanging out every single day, working out together, hanging out in his backyard. Like he has two little pugs. 
Hagrid and Norbert, shout out to the boys. <laughs> yeah. Fell in love with them. Um, but yeah, we got really close and he's always stuck his neck out for us and tried to do his best by us. He's been a real sweetheart to, to the both of us. So we'll never have a bad word to say about him. But yeah, we got really close over that uh, that year that we were living with So him. let me ask you this. You said that you moved to England from Australia because Australia wasn't really... So did you, were you guys like, how did you become friends? Were you childhood friends? Did you meet at wrestling school? How did that all come about? So there's like... Eight years difference between us. Oh, wow. Okay. And the first time I met Kyle, he was like 14 years old. And we'd met a few times in Australia. Like we'd been around. We hadn't really like worked together that much. And it was, yeah, it was literally just, so from Australia to the United Kingdom, if you're under 30 years of age, it's a lot easier to get a working visa and to be able to like live and work for a couple of years. They just have like a system within like the Commonwealth where they kind of allow it. And at the time the scene was so hot that it made so much sense to move from Australia to somewhere that it was like possible to like get a name in right. wrestling and make a living in wrestling. As and opposed to the US where it's like the hardest thing in the world to get a work to visa. Get a work right? visa. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And we just, we moved to the same city, Wolverhampton, Fight Club Pro really took us in and like helped be a home base for us as far as training. and like Wolverhampton in England? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, near Birmingham in the West Midlands. And... Because we were just traveling so much, living in the same place, and we were just two dudes from Australia, promoters were like, let's put them together as a team. Mm -hmm. And it just really evolved naturally from there. I think the first person who said it to us was Pete Dunn. He's like, I think you guys are great as singles wrestlers, but you should forget about that for the time being and focus on this tag team stuff. Because mm -hmm. I think you have something here that's people don't, in this country don't really have, and people here aren't really focusing on that as like an act. And so we just started getting used a lot more as Aussie Open and it just became this natural thing. Like we just, mm -hmm. our bond and stuff grew as the tag team grew and it's just been this very like natural thing. Mm -hmm. I think people have seen it happen in front of their eyes. People who have followed us at least from like the United Kingdom and onwards. And yeah, it's, it just bloomed from there. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. scene in australia like i mean obviously there's a pre-pandemic and a post but every time we go there we've been there a few times with WWE, and obviously a bunch of times with fozzy it seems like there's just kind of little spot shows but nothing really major going on there is that I'd true say that's probably the best way to describe it i yeah. think because australia is so big as a country mm -hmm. and all the major cities are so far apart yes kind of every major city has like its scene and there's like one maybe two companies that are like doing good but like, just because everything's so spread out, and I guess maybe the fan base just isn't built up enough. They right. like they run shows once a month type thing, and they get like decent crowds, and the shows are good. But it just it's not really got that massive fan sure. base behind it. Yeah, the logistics I think of being able to run a full time like touring professional wrestling company in Australia are quite difficult. Just because like you're literally like. I don't, I don't know the specific statistics, but it's some insane amount of the population lives on some 
minuscule amount of the right. land and everybody's just around the seaboard and then flights and like traveling and everything's just so expensive yeah so you get these local scenes these local communities that pop up and there's like great professional wrestlers in australia there's yeah. great professional wrestling in australia i love going back and like being able to be involved in shows and like watching shows and seeing people it's just from the time that i started wrestling there in 2007 even up until now it's always just been like a exposure thing sure there's no like platform for people it, it's hard like i know like even just touring there with, with i think we've toured with fozzy like six times we were just there last december and it's hard because usually like if you go to england or the states you get in a tour bus and you work the yeah. cities that are all close australia you have to fly and uh -huh. it's just adelaide brisbane sydney mm -hmm. uh melbourne yeah and then if you are crazy enough to fly to Perth, uh, which is five hours to yeah. do one show there, which we've done plenty of times to so like, now I can't do Perth yeah. anymore. No disrespect to the fine people of Perth. No one does yeah. Perth. But that's a hard, that's hard. Like you got yeah. four, and I'm sure you could do Gold Coast and that sort of thing, but you still got to fly everywhere. Yeah. So if you're a promoter who wants to put on a show, I mean, shit, how much of flight tickets alone yeah. just to get people up there? So exactly. it'd be hard to do that, I see. Yep. Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, yeah, and that's pretty much it. Like, I feel like it's at a point where like, I don't know, maybe like something will shift in the next coming years. Like mm. I'm not, I can't predict the future, but mm. I feel like there's like a cap and there's a lot of Australians. Like when I started wrestling in Australia, the thought of being on national television mm. for a professional wrestling company seemed alien, seemed like mm. so far away, seemed so like ungraspable. And now you have so many Australians at like the highest levels. When sure. you started, how many... Australians had ever been in like WWE or anything like that was it just like Nathan Jones yeah it would have been back Jack yeah, 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 yeah. it would have yeah, been yeah. like that's about it right Seriously. yeah and Mark Mercedes doing like a couple of spots for WCW back in the yeah. day and that was like that would have been like the pinnacle of what Australian professional wrestlers mm. have done and now you have people like Rhea Ripley who's world champion yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. at like such a young age right and killing it and it's insane so when you guys decided to make the move to, to England, was it tough kind of leave your family behind to move to a completely different company or country? Or did you know that you had to make that sacrifice? I think, so we're a little bit different in the sense that, Davis, how old were you when you moved? 29? Yeah, I was, I was 26 turning 27. Oh, okay. Sorry. And you were a teenager then, Kyle. So I'd literally just left school. I was uh, just turned 18 when I applied for my visa. So I think we're very different. I knew because i started training at 14 i it was just something that i knew that i had to do right like i knew that i wanted to make a career out of wrestling and it seemed like the in my brain the most logical step it's easy to get a work visa um the scenes popping off at the time so i just thought that was the next viable career step so for me it wasn't even really a thought process if that makes sense like it was just kind of like i know i have to do this this right. is my dream i gotta follow it so it wasn't too hard for me no how about you mark um i think Kyle and I are very similar in a lot of these ways. I just think when I started, like I said, it was a lot harder to have a broader picture of how to make it internationally in professional wrestling. Right. So when I turned 18, like the week after I came to America and I did like three months, I lived in Philadelphia and I trained at Chikara with Claudio, with, uh, with like a couple of other, Sarah Del Rey and like I had wrestled Chris Hero in Australia and when I came to America, he put me and my tag partner on at the time. He got us an opportunity. He got us booked for Pro Wrestling Guerrilla and like all this other stuff. So I came, I did all this training and I learned a whole bunch and then 
because I didn't have a visa, it's like a three month cap. I went back right, to Australia. Right, back and forth, yeah. yeah, and from there, it's just like, I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. what do I do now? Like, mm-hmm. I have to get a job to afford to live. And then there was other times where I wanted to move to the UK. But I think the like real catalyst for me was I, I, I didn't even do it wrestling. I was working for a freight company and I came in early one day to do overtime. And I'd forgot my lunch in my car. So I like rushed back to get it. And as I was rushing back into work, I tripped on my own feet, just like, and I Goldberg speared the road, like, but, and I got up and I, like, my shoulder was done. Wow. Yeah, I had to go to hospital. I tore my labrum. I tore my AC joint. Yeah, it was like, there's a very comical CCTV video (laughs) of him with his yogurt in his hand, (laughs) tripping on and spearing the road, and his yogurt just. Rolls, 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 rolls. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> and then he just out for two years, three years, yeah. or whatever it was. Is that what it was? Like, yeah, I had to get two different surgeries, oh my gosh. and I didn't wrestle for like two years. And I was like, and it was this thing. I think in the the time that I couldn't wrestle, I didn't know if I was going to be able to again. It didn't seem like a thing that was like that like prosperous for me. I'd been trying it for so long, and then. It got to the point where I could wrestle and I was like, no, I love wrestling. Like I tried so I tried for like two years to convince myself that I hated it and I never wanted to do it again. And pretty soon after I came back, I wrestled Marty Skirl in Australia and he was like, you should move to the UK. He's like, wrestling isn't going to come to you here. Yeah, you got to go to it. He's like, if you want to do something with it, you have to go and like chase it. And it just coincided with Kyle moving. And from there, it's just kind of, been this natural thing so when you guys were kind of based in wolverhampton you said you're living at osprey's house how long were you in the uk working and how often were you working when you were there so we moved there it was like april 2017 i want to say yeah i was may so it was like a couple weeks so yeah pretty close to the same time it took like a couple months to kind of get bookings and like people starting to be like oh these boys are all right or whatever and then we got tracked together as tag team and then after that it kind of picked up really quick i want to say by the end of 2017 we were wrestling at least three or four times a week that's great which is for us was like going from wrestling once a month in australia that was like insane and it was great that was like living the dream for us at the time and i think that kind of kept on the same wavelength like we were wrestling super super often until uh davis got hurt in 2019 so like two years i reckon we were yeah it was like that's when you threw your shoulder was in 19 no No. i did my shoulder in 14 and then in 19 i did my acl Oh, I did like ACL, MCL, and meniscus in one. Like, bump, done. Jeez, when you get an injury, you go all the way. <laughs> don't do it properly. Don't do anything like, half ass. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it was so. Oh, man. I'm just going to say it now. I don't think I've ever said it publicly, but it was like a month before we were supposed to go do Tag League for New Japan. No, so it was like the tail end of like 2019. We'd been like talk, in talking to him for like six to over eight a month. year yeah, like, i reckon so long at this point it had been this like one thing we were like okay like it's happening now and then yeah my knee boom done and then it that was, was like right before COVID. Yeah, it was like five months later it was like covid so boom, it was like done. davis hurt his knee and they were like oh don't worry like as soon as he's sure cleared he'll be over and then it was six months later <laughs> covid happens yeah. and yeah. it's like so then years just... later just hanging out and waiting you know what that i mean that sucks yeah. yeah but it's all it's all just happenstance like it's not it's not anyone's fault. It's not anything. Like, it's just a couple of 
bad luck situations and it's, I feel like that's just the way wrestling works it's time well, yeah and everything. it's something that the whole world went through it's just mm. from a timing standpoint and also too it's hard as a tag team when your partner's hurt and then it kind of leaves you hanging yeah. but you don't want to go as a single because it's not quite as effective of as course. you know right you guys got something special built yeah. up here yeah it's just yeah it's just and again like it's just it's one of those things like you just put into this situation and I think like it's up to you to how you deal with it, how you mm. perceive it, how you work through it. And for Kyle and I, it was just to come back and work harder. Yeah. Like I think we, it, I think the chip on our shoulder really came from that. So I think like in a way it's weird to say, but I think it was a blessing because we came back and we were like, we know we're one of the best tag teams in the world. Every time we go out there, we have this like, I, I don't even know how to describe it, but we just need to prove to everybody. Like we believe it so deeply within ourselves and we've been held yeah. back in a sense for so long that every time we went out there we were just like we got to show the entire world like what we're about well you got great chemistry too i was just thinking about the most recent match i saw for you guys was probably nothing but it was just last week on rampage the squash match against the two guys and it's just got such great power and very crisp very innovative with your moves the finish is really cool a bunch of different stuff was great i mean it's non-stop with you guys and that's what i've seen for a lot of the matches that you have i mean it's a real it's a hybrid style of like mm. Japanese rugby, you know, UK. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a lot of different elements to it. That, yeah. Is it something that was just natural for you guys, or, or how did you kind of come up with this yeah. style of yours? And again, it's just, I think it's just it's just us. It's the way that all of this has gone. Mm-hmm. It's just built naturally. It's just like you just take like a piece from like stuff we learned in the UK and then we get to Japan and we pick stuff up from there right. and then it's wrestling with Osprey. You pick up bits and pieces sure. from his energy and it's like, it really is just our style is an accumulation of everywhere we've been and everyone we've like wrestled. I think we pick up something from everywhere and it's just, yeah, yeah I don't know. It's really just built naturally. It's one thing I like about guys that don't go through the WWE system, which is nothing wrong with that, but sure. it's the same way that I came to the biz. You learn these different styles mm-hmm. from yeah. an international standpoint also life lessons too about yeah. like you guys being on the road and moving away from your home and yeah. it really puts perspective on the sacrifice you make to to get to this point you never take that for granted you yeah. know yeah 100 percent. i think it just becomes part of everything that you do out there it's just real man it comes from this like place of passion like kyle and i love this so much that we're willing to like put everything on the line for it mm-hmm. because we want to like do this we want to prove to everybody that this is like us and so yeah it just like it just it just comes out it's just i think i don't know for me it's like a it's a great way to like express that like through professional wrestling it just it just feels like this yeah i don't know it's just a part of me now like i don't feel complete without it the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. So when you guys were talking about being kind of sidelined during during COVID, you're hurt, now you're finally getting better. What, what was kind of the next... What was the next breakthrough for you guys? I'm sure, obviously, when the pandemic started come running running its course, or was it a little bit before that? So uh, we were Davis came back from his injury. We were both back in Australia, and Australia kind of like, whilst their international borders were very locked down and closed, like they were kind of back to 
I don't want to say normal, but they had like right. live crowds before most of the rest of the world. Um, yeah. So Australia had started running shows and Davis came back. Uh, we did a tag match for the first time in February 2021. And it was kind of soon after that, we were like trying to figure out the Japanese visa thing because like we wanted to get over there. And it was through talking to Osprey and Osprey was like, okay, can't get a Japanese visa yet. Why don't you guys just come and move? back to the uk and then so it was we did like a few matches in australia we were really getting back in the rhythm i think we felt like we were back in the groove and then we got to the uk and we spent a few months there and it was same thing it was just like a just kept rolling and then we joined the united empire which was will's group in new japan whilst we were in the uk and then it was yeah kind of just a waiting game on work visa type thing and then we got over to the u.s uh, early in 2022 and I feel like that was when it really started we, is that when you came here for the first time or were you all other places so we did uh, in April we did New Japan Strong they were doing stuff so I think that was the very first one we did but then it was only June uh, in the lead up to Forbidden Door where we came uh, to AEW for the first time with uh, Will and we got to do a couple matches over here and I think that was it really felt like stuff was starting to kick up then for sure who was in United Empire at the time? At the time, it would have been Will, Great Okan, Jeff Cobb, okay. Hanare, us, and then TJP as well. Yeah. So when was your first tour of Japan proper? It was only World Tag League t- last year, 2022. So uh, November. Yeah, it was like early November. We came, we did one show in Osaka, oh, yeah. and then we're out for two weeks came back and it was the tag league tour up until december so how did you like working over there tell us your experiences of first going to japan for for the initial time i think japan is the most pure presentation of professional wrestling Mm. as a sport in the world and i think like the style and the fans and the company and everything about it just feels like professional wrestling Mm. and i love it i love that feeling i love i love wrestling all the dudes there i love the crowds i love the cities i love the venues i love everything about japan yeah no i i feel exactly the same i think i it was the first not the first time i'd ever been but like the first time i'd spent a bit of time there and it was just like the going from town to town and like every morning waking up and going like oh what's this town like and walking around and just kind of like looking whatever and then you go to the venue and the wrestling itself is so fun the backstage environment is so cool like it's just all your friends and you just there's not a lot of stress like it's just chill yeah, it's, and then you just go and wrestle your heart out like it, 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 it like david said it's exactly what i feel like professional wrestling is yeah. that's how i would describe it it's like an everyday thing like here it's weekly and like bi-weekly mm. but there it's like it's like you're in japan for x amount of weeks and the entire time that you are there you're around professional wrestlers you're doing professional wrestling and you're just kind of like living breathing and eating professional wrestling Mm. and i think that's why it grows people so quickly in terms of like talent and maturity and like why professional wrestlers who come from japan are some of the best in the world because we're like doing this thing that crosses over language borders like you're able to express and like make people understand the emotions and everything that you're trying to make them understand without any sort of words mm. and like it just it just helps when you're in these countries that don't speak english or that you don't speak their language it just i don't know the language I, I, is professional wrestling yeah i feel like uh, it just right, yeah. it just connects you to it deeper yeah, yeah and like, then these people just form a connection with you because of your professional wrestling 
And yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's awesome. It's amazing to me there too. Like some guys speak really good English and it's always been like that with any time, any company we're in Japan. Other guys like Naito still doesn't speak hardly anything. Yeah. And it's like, you know, but yet you can still have great matches with him or Okada or Tanahashi speaks great English and Okada does as well or whatever. But it's just interesting to me, like evil, nothing, no English whatsoever. So it's like, there's really, like you said, the the eternal form of communication is actually just getting in the ring and wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to talk to exchange holds and do stuff like that. I think it's beautiful. Like, it's sick. Yeah, you're in there, you're trusting each other with each other's safety, and you're like, these, these people are going insane, like, they're stomping their feet, yeah. the floor's rattling, and it's just like, oh my god, your brain, like, the, the synapses in your Well, brain they're watching, like right? Like they're, they're, That's the thing about Japan, you first go there, and you're like, why is nobody making any sound? Yeah. Like, does this match suck, or what's going on? No. But you realize that they're, they're watching intently yeah. what you're doing, and if you do, like, a wrist lock... Yep. It's a clapping, you yeah. know, or, or like, oh my gosh, the respect for the actual yeah. holes. Yeah. Yeah. Like going to, you know, a, a concert and watching a guitar player just play his notes and not making any noise because you're watching his fingers on every note that he's playing, mm-hmm. every string. Yeah. It, it's interesting to me that Japan, and of course, once you've been in Japan a while, you, that's just the culture, but it really yeah. is kind of a cool experience for every wrestler to, to go through. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you I know? think it's, it's unlike that in a lot of other places in the world. And I've had friends from like people in japan like wrestlers who have come to like the uk and had completely opposite experiences where they're like expecting people to be glued to every sort of like hold and transition and people are on their phones or like chatting and drunk and like yelling and just having a good time and it's just and again like i think the journey of a professional wrestler to go from like country to country and like learn and like get over in different countries in different scenes it just helps you it just helps build your repertoire of professional wrestling and how to like express it and how to like get your ideas across to an audience like more directly and yeah i think like kyle and i have been pretty blessed in the journey that we've had with it all and the places that we've gone the people that we've learned from and like i just want to keep rolling with that now at this point like but yeah i love it did you have any culture shock moments in japan food or the way they do things or I don't know, hey, maybe just the food, honestly, would be the big thing for me. There was a, yeah, there was only ever one time where we went out to a izakaya, I feel like, after, it was like, I don't know, it was at the end of the tour, we were with the great Okan, and the menu was in Japanese, and he was the only one ordering, and he just oh. kept ordering, like, like gizzards and, like, intestines, and we were like, no, just, just get us, get like, us normal meat. please, just, we just <laughs> want some chicken. And he'd give us, like, chicken feet, and we'd be like, no. no. And it went on for, like, too long. I think he was having a good time. And then we sat around for two hours watching him eat. <laughs> yeah. He well, he's the largest animal. stomach Shout I've out to the great Okan. Yeah. He's an enigma. I remember when I was there one time, I, my wife was there, and it's like, let me take you to Korean barbecue. And the guy didn't understand. I didn't say yakiniku. I said Korean barbecue. He literally took us to a Korean restaurant where, like you said, it's cow vagina and it's chicken feet and chicken gizzards. And she's like, what the f*** do you take me to? Like, no, it's supposed to be beef and chicken and shrimp. But honestly, I wasn't trying to like cow vagina. Seriously, I'm like, I don't even know what this is. I don't want to try this. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 
So talk about how your experience with Japan and Osprey, how that leads you to come to AEW. Sure. Uh, so, yeah, like I said, we eventually get over to Japan. It was like a big... I think for us, it was this thing, this chip on our shoulder that we'd like, like tag league and stuff, especially with COVID, with me mm-hmm. hurting myself. It got taken away from us for like right. three years and we were like, man, yeah, like we got to do this. Like if we don't do this as a tag team, like, mm-hmm. like we're always going to be like, oh, like I regret it. Like, yeah. It was just something we had to do. And so we made our debut. Yeah. We made our debut in AEW with Osprey before that. Mm, which and was like June. Yeah. In the run up to Forbidden yeah. Door. Who was that against? Our first match was against FTR and Trent on a rampage. Yeah. So yeah, that was the first one. And then I think also in that run, Will wrestled Dax in a singles and then we wrestled was Orange Cassidy, Cassidy Trent and Rocky on a dynamite as well. And then the Forbidden Door show. So it was like, we were here for four weeks or something mm-hmm. like that. Four, four weeks of TV. Alongside Will. Um, and then, yeah, like... Finally went to Japan, finally like established ourselves properly there as like a f- like force in his faction in the United Empire. And we, we were lucky, man. We got to do World Tag League. We were at home through Christmas. We came back here. We did a few more things with AEW and we went and did the New Japan Cup, which was like singles matches. So we, yeah, we got to experience professional wrestling as like singles wrestlers over there for a tournament and... That was amazing. Like, we both got to have mm. some pretty incredible matches. I wrestled Osprey, and then oh, I hurt Osprey. <laughs> so, Osprey got taken out of the tournament, and even though he beat me, I had to take his place. How and did he get hurt? I wrapped him up like a burrito in a mat outside the ring, and I sent on him, and his shoulder popped. <laughs> I think I saw that, yeah. yeah. Sorry, Osprey. Osprey bitched it. <laughs> he got scared when he was in the burrito. He went, oh. I'd be scared too, to be honest. Honestly, yeah. You coming down? <laughs> you know, you're not a small guy, <laughs> yeah. Davis. Yes. Um, so tell us the difference for you guys in wrestling singles matches in comparison to the tag team. I hate it. <laughs> yeah, it's weird, though, right? You got to get into the groove. It's a, Yeah, it's a completely... I think it's like a different thing, like pacing mm. and like cardio and like mentally and everything about it is completely different. Like you're thinking from a different sphere. And I, I do love... I do love singles wrestling i just have found like a much deeper love for tag wrestling mm. over the last like few years and yeah it just gets to a point where like every time you do something for so long i feel like i forget how to do the other thing that's so. right yeah. it's like being a heel and then changing baby face yeah. or vice versa yeah. it's like how do i do this again it's like oh my god yeah no i feel the same i think my love for tag team wrestling comes from the fact that there's so much more room to be creative and I think uh, you just have like, you can widen your brain a little bit. You have more people to bounce ideas off. Like a lot of the time me and Davis will just have a chat amongst ourselves like earlier in the day or the day before being like, what do you think about this match? Like what's your mindset going into it? So yeah, I love it from that perspective. And then, yeah, like I do also love singles wrestling. Um, I think the New Japan Cup was a big thing for me because I've grown up watching New Japan. So I think being in a singles tournament there, I was like, oh, I love this. This is really cool. But yeah, like I said, I think the love for tag team wrestling right now and that has grown over the past few years from doing it so much is is just gigantic. Who are some of the guys that you worked for in the singles at the uh, Japan uh, Cup? New Japan Cup, I wrestled. First round was Yoshihashi, and mm. then the second round was Goto. I wrestled, um, and I got the victory over Yoshihashi, which gave us the... Um, we got a tag title shot because they were the IWGP champs at the right. time. So then we got to wrestle them in Rio Goku Ooh. for the belt. Which yeah. is, yeah, huge. I think that's my favorite match ever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So that was uh, April 
beginning of April this year, we went and had, uh, yeah, the IWGB tag title match. And it was, I think that was the first time I felt the crowd. The crowd, because uh, Bishamon's like the biggest babyface Japanese tag team that they have, right? And we're in Ryugoku, this world famous venue. Like, it's like up with the Tokyo Dome is like one of the biggest, like, ones to tick off the bucket list, right? Sumo Arena. So we're wrestling there, and towards the end of the match, they are chanting for Aussie Open mm. over Bishamon. There's like huge ass chants, like echoing in the Aussie Open, Aussie Open. And I was, I remember just being like, holy shit. <laughs> like, that this was a real, is. like, yeah, tick. I was like, that, I felt that was kind of like the first time it felt real to me. I don't know. Like, it's very easy to just, I don't want to say coast, but like, it all starts to feel normal. Mm-hmm. Like, because you just do it so often, right? And I think that was the first time I took like a moment and I was like, oh, this is real. Like, we're doing yeah. this, man. And Sumo Hall's insane. Like, the way that it's set up, it feels like the people are just kind of like on top, on of, top you. of you, dude. And like, sitting in their little sections on the yeah. floor. Yeah. And it was like the match itself, like, Really early on, we did. I did like a, oh, yeah. a suicide dive through the middle, and like at the same time, Kyle did a moonsault off the top to the other bloke to Goto. And as Kyle landed, he like whipped back, and the guardrails there have these like you know they're the like ancient there. and they have like, like <laughs> decades. The, yeah, old. the feet on them are like a rectangle, like a brick. Yeah, a rectangle <laughs> metal piece with like sharp edges, and Kyle whipped his head back into it. Oh, you might be able to see the scar, actually. Yeah, and so you actually cut yourself open on the back. It was like huge. It's like there somewhere. Oh yeah, you can see right there. Yeah, I see it. Yeah, and that's a big one. Yeah, that was in the middle of the match. It was was like a minute in. Oh my gosh! Yeah, Yeah. so I came around the corner and I like I like leaned down to Kyle and his hands are like on the back of his head and he's looking at me. He's like, "Is it bad? Is it bad?" I was like, "I don't even know (laughs) what we're talking about because I I didn't see." Yeah, the only thing that was going through my head was like it wasn't the pain. It wasn't like I wasn't concerned. The, my main thing was just like, is it bad enough that we have to stop, stop wrestling? Them, yeah. Literally, because we had like all our Empire boys like out there seconding us. And they were all just kind of like, oh, no. Oh, God. They were kind of like panicking. And I see Davis come over. And I'm like, Davis, how bad is it? And he's like, it's not that bad. I was like, do I have to stop wrestling? He's like, nah, you'll get through it, bro. You'll be fine. You'll have to get stitches, but you'll be fine. And I was like, all right, let's go. Back in the ring, straight into our double teams or whatever. Meanwhile, you didn't tell him I could see your brain. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think even if it was terrible, you would have been like, nah, you're fine, bro. Of course. You don't want to ever tell your buddy, it's terrible. It looks terrible. Sorry. I was just going to say, like, I think that only added to the energy of the match sure because i think yeah. in japan like the crowd is so they want to see you overcome struggle and that's like again we were talking about pro wrestling being a universal language it's like they see the struggle and they see the overcoming the struggle type thing right so they see me crack my head open bleeding all over myself okan wraps my head in like a bandage real shoddily on the outside and i think they saw that and then like they just wanted us to win, right? Like, they saw it and they're like, yeah, come on. Like, I think that really added to the match, yeah, if yeah, anything. Yeah. yeah, it was awesome. It's cool. So, that kind of, we're still talking about how the, you, that led to your journey into AEW. Yes. yes. Um, yeah. So, that was all earlier this year. So, like I said, that was April of what year are we? 2023? Yeah, we, yeah, we, April, we did. And yeah, so it kind of like, we were getting some steam, we we're getting some momentum, but like, the thing that, after Davis's injury, after COVID and everything, we were, through that whole time, we were independent professional wrestlers. So we didn't have contracts and we weren't like making money, which was like, it was hard, right? You got to hustle hand to mouth. You got to right? hustle, man. Yeah. yeah so it's, you guys are still based in the UK at this point in time? 
So, so this, that was when we're back in Australia. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, wow. So from like the inception of COVID, I'd say basically up until maybe like the beginning of 2022. So we're looking at like a good like couple years there where it was just like, it's just broke. Like you can't yeah. wrestle, you can't make a living, you gotta get like a normal job, yeah. which is okay, but it's depressing as hell. Sure it is. And it's like, where do you go from here? Like, what do you do next? You don't know what's happening with the world and everything like that. And I think just born from that, we were both like, the next thing that we do is like we want to have a bit of security right. in this That's like it. we Just need to have yeah. yeah we need to know that we're going to get paid x amount of money a month yeah and it's going to come in and we can afford our bills and it's like there's no stress like we don't have to stress about a t-shirt design and like pushing that out right and i think that's been like one of the biggest things that's fueled us since we came back and from the first tour that we did with new japan we had that discussion with the president like we sat down and we were like we want to be here we love New Japan Pro Wrestling. We love the style of professional wrestling here. We want to be like a member of the team. And it took like, that was like the beginning of November. And it took like, I don't know, it was a while before we heard back. And the response that we had from them was like, we'll give you a deal in July. Yeah. So it's like, April. no, this was November. December oh last year. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, we'll, yeah, yeah, we'll give you a deal in eight months. And so we were like, like it's kind of like that whole thing like when davis was injured and it was COVID. it was like ah, uh, not now but please wait yeah, like yeah. that That's, sort of that thing was like- it was the exact same thing when we asked about contracts and i think we were trying to be respectful of that in a sense but then also like when you think about it if you don't have a steady income stream like it's hard to rent a house like sure. it's stuff like that right so it just got to a point where we were like we didn't want to just sit around and wait anymore and we were kind of like Let's just see what is out there. Like, if I think, like, genuinely, we're one of the best tag teams in the world. So, let's just see if there's interest, right? You think New Japan couldn't give you a deal because business kind of dropped off after the pandemic? I do think that was what it is. I think they really like even the the company that owns New Japan Bushi Road. I think they really struggled through the pandemic, and I think they lost money probably for like the past two or three years. So I don't. Again, I don't begrudge them for that. Like, that is a thing that everyone experienced in the world, It doesn't right? help you, though. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. I think it just in our situation, we just didn't want to sit around and wait any longer. Yeah, I think we hit a point with it. We hit a threshold where we were like, we, you know, we were like, put the time in. We waited. We committed to New Japan. We'd had offers from WWE to do like NXT to do NXT UK that we refused because we wanted to commit to doing New Japan. And it was just this like difficult struggle of a thing. And then... In May, we do... What was the last tour that we did for them? What was it called? Donteku. Donteku. And we're the IWGP heavyweight tag team champions. We're the New Japan strong tag team champions. And it's the last day of the tour. We have to... We're, we're doing a six-man tag. We're wrestling TMDK. But before it, um, the like night before, House of Torture have stolen our tag championships. So we run to the ring to get them back. Boom, boom, boom. Run out. I duck like a clothesline. We boom. We kick their, kick them in the crotch and like bah. go to hit them with the belt, and they roll out, and my knee just fell off. Shit. I was like, my knee's done. Same one as before. Yeah, my Gosh. left knee. And so we did this tag match, this six man tag. It's like eight to ten minutes, and I was like, nah, this it doesn't feel good. And I'd had issues with it like post ACL tear, post return to wrestling. I've had it checked. I know my meniscus is torn and is causing me issues. And I'm fairly confident that that's what it is. So I go and I talk to the trainer at New Japan after the match and I'm like, my knee isn't okay. Like, 
I, I can't straighten it. I can't bend it. It's locking. It's in a lot of pain. Like, I'm pretty sure it's my meniscus. And he looked at it. He worked it over. And he was like, he's like, it's your IT band. He's like, he said what now? He IT said, band. it's your hip. He's like, you have a tight hip. He's like, maybe tomorrow it's okay. And he gave me a compression bandage. Oh, my gosh. And some heat patches. <laughs> and he said, it's okay tomorrow. And I was like, I don't think so. And um, tomorrow included like a... 17 hour travel day back to oh, America geez. on like a flight that I couldn't upgrade. So it's just, it was like, it was a very, very frustrating like 48 hour period. And upon like coming back to America, there was a Ring of Honor taping that weekend that we were supposed to be involved mm. in. And we got there and I was like, I don't know if I can wrestle. I think I need to get my knee looked at. The trainers here looked at it and they were like, it's your meniscus. And I was like, that's what I thought it was. And it's then, funny how, like, how could the American trainer see this and the Japanese trainer doesn't? Like, yeah. What's the difference, right? Yeah, and it was just, I was like, like, a, like, it was a thing that I expected to happen. It was a frustrating, like, point in time because we're, like, at this point where we're, like, tag championships, like, we're holding both of them. We're, like, you were the, the IWGP tag yeah, champs? Yeah, and strong. Yeah. Who did you I, beat for the Fisherman in oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. gotcha. So you guys, wow, you're the champs in both, yeah. 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 both faction companies. But, yeah, yeah, for New, for New yeah. Japan, and it was just, yeah, like... We got to, I was in Orlando and Tony, like I was just past him in the hallway and he's like, hey, come and talk to me. And he like, he called up, he like, and he just sorted it, man. He just like got my knee fixed. He didn't have to. He and just, we weren't contracted at this point. This was literally just, he saw Davis, he'd heard what was going on and he came up to him in the hallway and was like, just come here, I'll sort it for you right now. You got him in touch. I don't want to. No, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to get into like the deep specifics of but it. He just like, got in touch with the right people. Yeah, yeah, and he got it fixed within like two weeks. He got me surgery within like two weeks. And the last time that I broke my knee was like right before COVID, right before Tag League. And it just like preceded like some of the worst periods in our life. Mm. Well, no, I, I mean, like that sounds dramatic. It was just a very, very <laughs> no, difficult. But it, it makes sense. Though, yeah. And, I mean, it, and like, life here, yeah. And then like, it was just, yeah, I don't know. It was like this one, like the difference in the duty of care just like it made sense and like mm. yeah like it's like i i don't i don't, yeah i don't even know what to say off the back of it it's just a factual story but like it it just helped in like like how do, who do you feel more wanted by as like a sure. as like a human being who yeah. do you feel like has more like who's who's looking out for you better like your well-being your like health your physical mental health like who's going to like and it's like it doesn't make it like a difficult decision off the back of that to mm. like be like this is where I want to place my career sure. this is when I wa this is where I want to foster and like yeah I don't know like I still I still want to work for New Japan mm. I think we still hope to like yeah. do stuff for them it's just I think there's like again with a decision that big there's a lot of things that go into it right there's a lot of thought process and I think the thing with your knee that was a big thing yeah then it was the relationship with new japan that we could still that was a big thing we were like can we still go and work for new japan and then yeah it was just a lot of thinking went into it and it, we just decided that this was where we wanted to be and it was the best decision for us well there's another thing too like obviously being in the states is a lot more similar to being in australia than being in japan yes it course. is talked about the culture shock there and being gone for three weeks and yeah. you know like people understand there are 10 hour 12 hour bus rides mm -hmm. yeah. and it's just like it's not the easiest it's yeah not the easiest place to be i mean it's yeah. fun and it's awesome but that's another factor i'm sure yeah yeah the some of the hotel rooms just are like rock hard beds oh, especially and for guys that you guys are yeah. like six foot four six foot five whatever yeah. you are 
yeah, it's, it's it's a little bit harder to maneuver too. Yeah, if you get if you get there was one there was one night we got an American sized hotel room mm. in Japan, like of the whole tours that we did, and we were like mind blown. We we're like, oh my like, god, these exist here! Yeah, but yeah. of but course, it was the only one that we were there for like eight. Always hours. the way, yeah. <laughs> always the way. You're somewhere for three nights in a row, and it's like a f-ing business. That's uh-huh. why you sleep in the desk. <laughs> the longest field goal ever attempted is seventy six yards. The longest field goal ever missed. Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. How did you get the offer to for the AW contract? So it started, we were... So when New Japan were kind of like, oh, you have to wait till July, blah, 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 kind of putting it off. We, we kind of went to them and we had conversations about like, how would you feel about kind of like a joint contract? Because we'd worked with Tony before, we'd been here, we like, we like it here. And yeah, we, we want to keep working for both places. Yeah, at the time we'd moved on from the uk we were spending most of our time between america and japan so it just made a lot of sense to try and get like regular fixed work here yeah and then that was kind of how it started it was like a talk to japan okay now let's talk to AEW. okay let's go kind of go back and forth and then it just ended up being like i think it was just new japan weren't really i don't know they kind of just wanted to wait or whatever it was and then tony was like came back and was like okay here is the deal put it in front of us and gave us like whatever. And we just went, we can't say no to it. Like mm-hmm. as much as we love new Japan and we're trying to like hold out or whatever, like there is this awesome offer put in front of us to work with one, like the second, maybe one of the, I would say arguably the biggest company in the world and like, company that's about to produce the, the biggest, biggest professional, professional wrestling, wrestling show, show of ever. all time. <laughs> and it's like, that just gets put in front of you and I think after we'd been waiting so long for that security or whatever, it was impossible to turn down for the both of us. Yeah, and then there's like provisions within our deal that we can still like do stuff within. You have a relationship with New Japan yeah, exactly. so the opportunity will come up. Yeah, so it's like, it's the best, it's literally like, it's, yeah, I don't the know. The best situation for both of us. Yeah, like, it's, it's insane. It feels like this thing that just happened so quickly after hunting after it for so long. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like the actual like, negotiation process was like a drop of water in a bucket compared yeah. to like the waiting we'd had done yeah, prior yeah. to that it's but always the way it's like you wait so long when it finally happens it's like wow yeah, oh there's going to be a parade yeah. or yeah, a falling from the ceiling or whatever it may be right <laughs> did you ever have any talks with, with WWE I know you mentioned it earlier but how, how deep did those ever go um, so the first time we spoke to them was 2019 and it was when we were just kind of gearing up to uh do the world tag league stuff so we'd had the talks with new japan and it was for an nxt uk deal that was that was happening at the time um and we basically were just like hey we want to do this new japan thing maybe we can revisit it after that if you guys are cool and then it was like yep that was how it was left um it was like a not right now thing then obviously the injury happens covid happens and then the next time we spoke to them was this year when we'd kind of like talk to new japan they were saying wait and we kind of just like put feelers out everywhere and we had like a little bit of a conversation um it didn't get too deep but like there was interest there um and then we just yeah the best situation for us was here i think so that was what we went with but yeah the talks didn't get super super deep at all 
What? Uh, where'd you guys come up with the name with Aussie Open? Oh God, I don't even know if we did. Yeah, I don't even think. I think it was kind of like we got put together as a tag team, and everyone was like, "You should be called this. You should be called this." And then it was like, uh, I just remember being in a car ride yeah. and just being like. What do you think about Aussie Open? And yeah, it was. Like, yeah, I, I guess think so. there's. I think there's one match in our history as Aussie Assault. Yeah. Aussie Assault. Yeah. Yeah, and then it became Aussie Open. But isn't Aussie Open so it's like a tournament? Like, like it's a, a tennis, tennis tournament, tournament. tournament. Tennis and tournament, a golf right? tournament. Yeah. Ah. And a professional wrestling tag. Team. <laughs> <laughs> but again, it was just one of those things that was like one conversation. Does this sound okay? Yeah, I guess so. Sounds all right. And yeah. then it's just you're stuck with it. It's six just wrestling. Years later. Yeah. Like it's just grown into its own thing. If that makes sense. You've got the natural chant, too, of Ozzy, 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 oi, oi, oi. Which, it. by the way, whenever we play in Australia, it's Fozzy, Fozzy, Fozzy. Oh, oh, which is the best good. chant ever. You can only it's get great. in Australia. It's the best thing ever. Yeah. So yeah, I can see one. that getting over really big here in this <laughs> yeah. country, too. Getting we, there. We got climate. Yeah. <laughs> As we start to wind down, we've got a big uh, show. You mentioned the biggest professional wrestling show in history. Crazy. Wembley Stadium. And oh, you guys man. are on it. Uh Against MJF and Adam Cole, mm-hmm. kind of how do you feel about that? I mean, this is going to be 80,000 people. Yeah. It's probably the biggest crowd, obviously, Yo, you've worked for. I watched Live Aid 1985. I watched <laughs> I the Queen set the other day. of all time. 72,000 people in. Bro. My, I can't got, com- we've sold more tickets. More I can't comprehend it. Yeah. I cannot I cannot. I keep saying it, it to Davis, like... I cannot think about it too hard because I will explode. Like, yeah, I'm I'll just kind of like... Just kind of sitting back and just, I think until I walk into the stadium, I won't, yeah, it won't we, even hit me. We we started wrestling in the UK in like working men's clubs in Leicester in front of like 45 people. <laughs> Literally less than like less than 50 people. Yeah. Like guaranteed. Yeah. And then we won our first ever like tag team championships in Wembley Arena. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Against who? Uh, it was in a tag team Thunder Bastard match, which is... Like a gauntlet, essentially. It's like stag... What company was Progress Wrestling. Ah, wow, yeah. that's a big gig. Yeah. Yeah, it was huge. It was, I think... At the time, it was huge for us. I think 7,000 people yeah, or something it was, like that. Yeah, it was amazing. But yeah. And so we have history in the country, man. It's like, we were both born in Australia. I say it, but like Aussie Open was born in the UK. Yeah, sure. That was the first time we ever teamed there. And like, we learned so much from wrestling in the UK. And it's like, led us to this point. Like we have this great life now and it just feels amazing, bro. It feels so full circle yeah. that like, like if I stop and like talk about it too much, I'll just start crying. <laughs> it's just like. Cause it's real, man. Yeah, like, it's like You think about it. We got on a plane. I was 18 years old. I'd hardly ever left the country with not knowing what would come of me just moving to this country. And now I get to come back six years later and wrestle on the biggest yeah, professional Defending the ring of honor world tag team championships against like the AEW world champion and Adam Cole. It's like, it doesn't like, doesn't it feel real. Like, it yeah. It's, it's, it's dreams come true. Who did you guys beat to become ring of honor champions? Uh, it was a four way tag at death before dishonor. It was Lucha bros who were the champs, best friends, Chucky e. T and Trent and the kingdom, Matt Taven and, Mike Bennett. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> we pinned. <laughs> we pinned Greg. Get out of here, Greg. Do you um, get, go ahead. No, I was just gonna. I was just gonna say quickly when I was like 15 years old in Australia in high school that Ring of Honor and sort of like professional wrestling Noah as like that was like the cool like even in like Brisbane, Australia, people kind of like loved it, and I would always like there was this dude Todd Hill who lived in Tasmania, and I would send him like cash in an envelope to buy bootleg Ring of Honor DVDs, so to like. Be the like, champions yeah, of the company. That, like, <laughs> Weird. 
yeah, like 18 years later. You guys live in the States now? Yeah, yeah I'm down in Fort Lauderdale. Fort Lauderdale? And I'm in Chicago. Chicago. Oh, yeah. okay. How do you like living in the States? I like it, man. Yeah. I like it a lot. Yeah, I feel like as an Australian youth growing up, so much of our pop culture is imported from America. America so yeah. a lot of the TV shows and the movies and stuff, I feel like I have this like American like sort of, I like know so much about like American mm. culture and society, even though like it's not where I grew up that it like, it feels weird to like live here now, but it's, it's pretty cool. I yeah. like it a lot. Yeah, same. I think it feels very... I'd say it feels even more like Australia than the UK did. Like, yeah, it yeah, just feels yeah. very, mm-hmm. very similar in a way. Like, it's all. Yeah, I get that. I mean, even just thinking about like Melbourne by the water, it's very mm. much like Chicago. Yeah. Yeah, by there, yeah. Very similar. Beautiful cities. But yeah, no, America's great, dude. Like, the, just the like scope of it is insane. Yeah. Like, just going to like a regular American high school compared to a regular Australian high school is like, mm. it's, compl- it's like leagues different. And I think like that's where America is like, the leader or like it thrives because there's like nowhere else in the world that you can get to like the the like heights that you can reach like in professional wrestling's one like acting like yeah like you know what i mean like it's just yeah it's 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 yeah it's awesome and like there's so much like i'm like 30 minutes away from like going to watch like a miami heat game there's like hockey team just around and like in australia stuff like that is like so rare too the amount of live acts that you get through like bands and Mm. comedians and everything like that it's It's just WWE tours once a year in Australia. It's like everything tours, like bands tour every now and again, right? If you want to see your favorite band. But like in America, it's like everywhere all the time. Every night. (laughs) It's great for my little like ADHD brain. The thing that always gets me is the like online shopping. Like Amazon, you can get stuff delivered same day. And growing up in Australia, if you ordered anything online, you were waiting at least two weeks. (laughs) Two weeks to a month. Stuff didn't even arrive sometimes. And then it's like, I can click something at like 10 a.m. I want to order that. And it's literally delivered by 5 p.m. And I'm like, that is not real. (laughs) Where does Dunkzilla come from? Bro, I feel like any of these wrestling names that you ask us where they I was like very into basketball. I got very into basketball when my shoulder was busted and I was just very into monster movies. But I didn't even come up with the name. It was a train ride with Chris Brooks and he was like, Dunkzilla's good. I was like, I don't know if I really like it. <laughs> and then we had a four way match. It was me, Kyle, Chris Brooks, and the wild ball Mike Hitchman. And just before the match, Chris got the mic and he was like Mark Davis, blah, blah, blah. He doesn't like the nickname Dunkzilla, but I think it's good. You should all chant it. And, and then it just didn't stop. It, it just didn't stop. But then, I love Chris, so it's like, yeah. I'm going to keep it forever. It's good. <laughs> Last question for you. You mentioned before that your favorite match ever is probably the New Japan Championship match. What's your favorite match you've had in AEW so far? Ooh. Ooh. Good question. Yeah, that is a great one. I would say the trios tournament semi against the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. Yeah. Of dynamite. yeah, I would say so as well. I would say that our best match is yes to, yet to come. Of course. But our favorite, my favorite one is just that whole run with Osprey through the trios tournament was so yeah. much fun. Anytime we get to like step in the ring together with him is like such a treat. And like, yeah, Kenny and the Bucks is the elite is like amazing to yeah. be able to like step in there. It's like Kenny's second match back from like such a long hiatus mm-hmm. after like like being the champion of the company for so long it's Mm. just like just this insane spotlight to be put in we're not like we're not contracted to any company at this point we're just like two independent wrestlers who live at osprey's house 
And we it's just like, get put in this position. Yeah, it's yeah, like, it's like <laughs> should we be? It's like, let's go. It's awesome, man. But yeah, it's, no, yeah, it's, it's like, just... again, I, I'm i a bit younger than you, so I grew up, like, my teenage years, I was watching the Young Bucks and watching their tag matches and going, oh, my God, these guys are the best. I was watching Kenny Omega win the G1 and go, oh, my God, this dude's the best wrestler ever. So, mm. like, it was very surreal just being in the ring and, like, seeing them come down the ramp and just being like, how yeah. did I get here? Really sort of thing. Yeah. yeah, I still, I feel like maybe it's the Australian in me, the isolation, but I still feel like sometimes I'll walk down the hallway here and I'll be like, I don't, I can't comprehend the fact that yeah. I'm co-workers with Actually this. Here. Yeah, co-workers with this other, like I'll just be like, what the hell, man? That's the world's strongest man, Mark Henry. I say that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> He's, just He's the actual world's strongest That's man. That's him. Yeah. Well, guys, you've done a great job so far. I'm excited to see uh, what happens in the future and uh, yeah. maybe we'll have to go for some drinks again. Yeah, yeah. Right. Let's right. keep it a bit more low key, though. <laughs> we expect a much better yeah. showing this time. Keep Definitely. me away from the dance mums. <laughs> Thanks, dudes. Thanks, Thanks bro. bro.